0: Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. Super excited. We just got done. You know, whenever this airs, it's probably going to be a week or so out, but just the other day was my birthday. Had a blast, had a great time, and thankful for everybody that reached out or took advantage as well of the promotion deal that we did. We did 50% off. You're not going to see that again. So if you took advantage of that, kudos to you. Very exciting. And just welcome to the family for Credit Council Elite. There's a lot of success going on in that course, that mastermind group and just blessings upon blessings for just the family, the niche that's really getting poured into it. So very exciting and just welcome to everybody that, you know, took that additional step, that leap of faith into investing in themselves to be able to, you know, really take that next foundation, that next step into financial literacy. So very exciting stuff. But without further ado, I want to talk today with you guys about the six boxes of credit. But really, what is so needed, what is so freaking important is what you do before applying. You know, the must. Because a lot of, a lot of my close friends recently, and this is what has motivated me to be able to do this episode right here, is, you know, real life events, right? So I had some close friends of mine that ended up, applying for a bunch of new cards, trying to get something, right? And they saw their issue. They saw their problem, and they thought that was their only problem. And just to clarify, I'll I'll break it down for you. The issue that they thought they had was the utilization. And of course, it is definitely a problem, but it's not the one and only moving part. There's several other moving pieces within this equation that is very important to be educated on, understanding the six boxes that make up your FICO, that make up your credit, right? but nevertheless, they thought it was just their utilization was the issue and they didn't want to pay interest, which is awesome. Like by all means, I super support that. I'm not about paying interest whatsoever. The banks make enough money off of us. We do not need to give you know, any extra money uh, that's just wasted or late payments or anything like that. So just be mindful of that. Great goals. However, when their goal to this was, okay, well, I need to get more credit cards. I need to get a balance transfer because that's all they knew. And that's what they were going after 0% interest or a balance transfer to be able to pay off those credit cards that were starting to pay interest each and every month. So, what this individual did was apply for like 10 to 20 different credit cards. And of course, getting denied for almost each and every one and the one or two credit cards that the individual did get approved for it was very small a thousand bucks 500 on the other you know it's very small limited credit lines that isn't able to help this individual in any way shape or form because the debt is way more right so and just being educated or coming to me prior or just knowing themselves how the six boxes actually affect their true fly, go score, how the banks, how the lenders look at us as creditors and their risk tolerance, and how to be able to just maneuver and understanding this whole process. Could have saved this individual so much time, so much frustration, whole heck of a lot of less hard inquiries, and just maneuvering with precision in the right direction just if the education was there? Okay. And it's not their fault, right? I blame myself for not teaching enough of this, for not getting on on platforms like this enough talking about this stuff, because if I was, then the education would be out there more because let's face it, they're not teaching it in school. Long story short, though, bunch of hard inquiries. And they're still trying to get some credit lines. And I'm like, okay, so let's backtrack here. Let's pause. Don't do any more. Let's take a look at the six boxes. Let's take a look at your health right now, right? Like your pulse on what your credit profile is looking like and what the banks are seeing before, you know, during your application sequence, you know, like what are they seeing? This is very crucial. So first and foremost, we're looking at the six boxes. How do you find access to the six boxes? Well, there's many different ways. This individual was using Credit Karma. First mistake right there. Credit Karma is great for education. It is. It's great. I highly recommend it for education, in fact. However, when it comes down to getting your true numbers, your true FICO, it's not there. It's impossible to get because they're actually giving you your Vantage score. Your Vantage score is not... I've seen it as far off as 150 points, and it could be up or down, right? So it's completely... Chaotic, and you do not want to go off of the score when it comes down to Credit Karma, nor do you want to go off of many other things when it comes down to Credit Karma. First off, it only shows two out of the three bureaus, shows TransUnion and Equifax, not Experian. And then sometimes the late payments are not accurate. Sometimes the collections or what have you, bankruptcies, whatever it may be, aren't accurate. Many other things on there for the most part total accounts, utilization. Your average credit age and hard inquiries, for the most part, are usually accurate from my personal, you know, just experience, right? But two huge factors right there is, you know, any derogatory remarks and then your payment history. And if those aren't correct and we don't know, those are two huge indicators right there. But nevertheless, so a platform that you want to actually take a look at. Now, you can always reach out to each bureau separately and ask for a free report, you can pay a small dollar amount to be able to get the actual score on there as well which is crucial to really getting a better understanding however in the comments below this or in the show notes i will actually put a link to a great platform that you can get your true accurate as close as you know possible for accuracy of your credit profile right so then we can actually start on the right page and know okay, this is our map right here, this is what we're looking at, this is what the creditors are looking at, and then we can take it from there. So just be on the lookout for right underneath here for the show notes or the comments or what have you, it's, it's going to be right there. So once you get access to your credit profile, then we're looking at a few different things, right? The six boxes very crucial. Let's talk about the negative things that can really hurt you and impact you in, in a negative way very quickly, right? first and foremost, late payments. Late payments make up 35% of your FICO. And I mean, it's just a big smack in the face. Do not be late on any type of accounts. Now, if, you set, if you're the type of person that sets up all of your accounts on auto pay, I highly recommend if you do that for easy convenience, still keep an eye on your payments. Make sure that they are going through each and every time. I've seen way too many good people that are just you know, law-abiding citizens, type of people that always pay on time and set it up for convenience. Very analytical and detailed, setting it up to be able to pay right out of their bank account with no hassle or stress. And then a account changes, a number changes, or expiration date changes on a card, and they don't see it. They're not aware of it. They don't get notified, and it's not the bank's job to notify us all the time. You know, one way or the other, who's going to get the blame on it? It's going to be us. So make sure that you're keeping a strong eye on it and still taking a look and giving yourself several weeks before, you know, that late payment could come around because that's something you definitely just want to avoid by all means. Okay, even if you got to pay just if you can't afford it, then call in try to negotiate with them try to see what's going on but at the very bare minimum make the minimum payment. Even if you pay a dollar or so and it's not the minimum payment, you can still get some kind of leeway if you call in and get some grace from them, okay? So I highly recommend that. And then I'll talk in just a moment on how to fix these things if you do have late payments because let's face it, we're not all perfect and that's okay. You know, we all have a past and we could have found ourselves in bad situations and got a bunch of late payments. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, Another one is going to be... uh, Hard inquiries. Hard inquiries is very basic. It's 10% of your FICO. It's not truly that big of a deal. Many people think it's the bee's knees. There's two parts to this, right? It's only 10% of your FICO. However, if you have too many, meaning like six to nine or above too many, then they're going to deny you right from the start. They're going to deny you because you're searching around for too much credit in too short of a time frame too short of a time frame is two years to them, to the banks, to the lenders. Hard inquiries can actually stay on your credit profile for an additional six months after that. So two and a half years, it could potentially. It rarely ever does. It's usually that two-year mark. However, just be mindful that when two years pass and it should be removed from the three bureaus, the bureaus actually have six months to actually remove your credit profile. And now that we're in COVID season, it's literally like the wild, wild west. They ask for additional time from the government and the government granted it without giving any type of specific time frame of their rules and regulations of in a timely manner how soon they need to reply back or when it comes down to credit repair or anything so it's a little bit crazy right now good and bad behind that but but nevertheless hard inquiries you don't want to have too many the whole name of the game is to stay as low as possible if you just applied for something We can typically remove those hard inquiries within your first 30 days, very quick and easy. So I recommend if you have any of those issues, reach out to us as soon as possible or jump into credit council elite, learn the education yourself, how to be able to remove all these hard inquiries very quickly within a couple hours up to, you know, 24 to 72 hours. And you're going to be on a heck of a lot better path because you'll never have any type of hard inquiries. And that's, that's what we uh, that's what we do. That's what we specialize in, along with many other avenues within credit. But but you guys can too, which is the cool part. And then the next part is going to be derogatory remarks. Now, derogatory remarks, they don't have a percentage attached to it. However, just know that if you have any type of derogatory remarks, it's a big smack to the face. It's a big no-no. It's a negative. I've seen as much as 60-plus points Obviously in the opposite direction of where we're trying to go, you know, it's going down here. So, and derogatory remarks could be, uh, you know, collections, charge-offs, you got bankruptcies, anything court ordered, evictions, auto repossession, you know, repos. So many different things, many different factors. You want to stay away from all of those. And if you find yourselves getting so many late payments, it's usually six in a row, or many back and forth, then it can get to that negative remark area, right? The derogatory area. And we do want to stay away from that as much as possible. However, if you find yourself over there, there's actually many techniques that we have up our sleeves to be able to either educate you on how to do it, or we can remove a lot of these negative things actually more, wouldn't say easily or, but yeah, it's it's more beneficial if it gets to that point instead of dealing with it while it's late and negative standings. Okay. And each credit profile is completely different, you know, so it's not like I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not like your CPA. I'm not anything special. This is just my two cents, my personal experience. So take it for what it's worth and nothing more, nothing less. Okay. So yeah, those three right there, those are like negative things that we want to update and they are all fixable. Okay. So I mentioned those because they are all fixable. The late payments, derogatory remarks, and hard inquiries, right? Things that you can do to be able to fix these. Well, there's third-party agents out there, first and foremost. Okay. Third party agencies, there's hundreds. There's actually thousands to be honest, but let's just simplify it. There's hundreds that a lot more well-known. Okay. And this is nationwide. In fact, they act like the credit bureaus, the three main credit bureaus. However, they're actually really just data collecting companies, and they sell the information for cheaper than the credit bureaus. Therefore, a lot of the banks, lenders, and even the credit bureaus utilize these third party agencies as a reference point to verify the information uh, or get the credit report, you know, and see what type of negative thing is on there. And if you're a high risk or a low risk to be able to lend to. It's cheaper for both parties, so they utilize them. It's really asinine to me because it's a third party and it's not the main bureau. So why are we dealing with that? Why don't we just make them the main bureau? I don't know. It's a crazy world we live in, but that's the truth. That's the reality behind it. And And yeah, so we have the possibility and the option to actually freeze these third-party agencies. So that's what I encourage. There's famous ones that if this is the first time you're hearing it, it may be brand new to you. If you're slightly into the credit repair scene or tried fixing your credit in the past, you might've heard this. It's very commonly used, but nevertheless, SageStream, LexisNexis, ARS, and Inivis. Those four are very notorious. They all hold different types of information. SageStream uses a lot of the hard inquiries information. However, I recommend in most cases to actually freeze, do a security freeze on all four. And this will help you in many different ways. If you are trying to apply for new credit, it's not going to be helpful. Before you actually apply, you do want to remove those security freeze, but you will put a temporary freeze on them for the time being. And what that looks like is simply googling it. You know, jump online, go to their website. Many of them you'll be able to do a security freeze nowadays online. ARS you have to send in a fax, you know. It just depends. You can mail it in as well. Sometimes you can do it over the phone. They do switch up every like so often, every couple months, which is a little annoying. However, you know, just look up what is the way to put that security freeze on sooner than later. Once the freeze is on there, you can actually start challenging the negative information that they're holding and reporting and challenging its accuracy. So we never do credit disputes. We do challenges. We do credit challenges to see, okay, if you're compliant here, what about here, 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 and here? And then they can never be. So therefore they try to defend themselves. Our letters are very high end and very analytical, detailed, makes it almost impossible for them to. So they try their best, but nevertheless, at the end of the day, we always win. The longer you keep on fighting and putting in the good fight. So yeah, you know, to kind of sum this up, do the security freeze on those third-party agencies. You can start cleaning it and scrubbing it for any of the negative information to totally wipe it off, which is great and recommended. And then you can do the same thing on the three credit bureaus with TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Also, at this point, There's some free methods that I want to give you guys really quick right now when it comes down to credit repair. So soak this stuff up, take some notes. I'm not giving this stuff out on the regular basis. This right here is a special episode for you guys and something that you can take action on today and start seeing some results within the next 30 days, which is awesome. So after the security freezes are done, then you want to hit up cfpb.gov. So we'll put links in the bottom of this as well, but cfpb.gov. And you can file a complaint on there. It's about 10, 15 minutes of a complaint. Very simple, very straightforward. Get to the point. You want to be as analytical and detailed as possible. Make notes of this stuff, put it on your computer, save it. You might need to copy and paste and utilize it again. Be as detailed, who, what, where, when, why type of thing, and get it all on point. The more detailed you are, the better. And you just want to overwhelm them with information. And then they give you options, which is very cool. At below it, okay. How would you like this resolved? Perfect. I'm glad you asked. You know that's like, that's uh, music to your ears, right? So you just say, I want it deleted, updated, removed, whatever, and get straight to the point. So you can remove all the hard inquiries on there for the most part, unless it's attached to an open active account. If it's business, you can still remove it, which is great. If it's in the last 30 days of a brand new account, you can remove it, which is great. So if you stay on top of it after a while, you'll never have any hard inquiries, which is awesome. So if CFPB does not work, then you can also file a complaint on attorney general's office for your state. Okay. There's a tremendous type of feedback with that as well. And just leeway to be able to put some more pressure on the credit bureaus, banks, lenders, whoever you're dealing with, to be able to get the results in your favor. I've actually had clients that I've guided to that had bankruptcies be able to remove bankruptcies through these sites, okay? So this is nothing short than amazing and it is great content. You really just need to take action on it. And these are the first starting points. Now I give these starting points out because there's some other higher end really almost guaranteed type of methods to be able to get things off very fast that we have behind the scenes, but that stuff is for our members only for Credit Council Elite. And it's just some really high-end stuff that is very valuable. So if you're interested in that stuff, then you can always reach out to us at creditcouncilelite.com and and take a peek. But besides that, those are some awesome methods right there. Those two, the you know, cfpb.gov as well as attorney general office for your state filing complaints on there. And, you know, first and foremost, before you actually even do either of those, if you have an open active account that has these late payments or any derogatory remarks or what have you that you're trying to fix, challenge, remove, update, whatever, I highly recommend the first spot is to actually call in, call into your banks, try to negotiate, try to, you know, get some leeway in there, like really beg, This is a time that I'm not a complainer type of person by any means. I'm not an excuse type of person. However, if this is a good time to actually start using excuses and start, you know, try to get as many as you can, you know, grab them all, you know, death in the family, financial burden, somebody moved in with you and you had to take care of them. There was hospital visits. There was a loss of job. There was student debt that came out of nowhere, whatever it may be, COVID hit and late payments like business went under, whatever, they're not going to verify, but you need some kind of financial burden to be able to show and put the, you know, the pain point into it. And then at the end of the day, sometimes they're going to ask you like, okay, so what has changed since then? And, you know, how are you going to make sure that you don't find yourselves getting late payments again, like in the past. And these are great signs. These are great signs if you find you're in a position that they start asking you those questions back. That's amazing because they want to start working with you. And they're just trying to figure out, okay, is this high risk or low risk? That's all that banks do, right? So try to really put some pressure on those things. And like I said, that's a big portion right there, getting rid of those hard inquiries, not applying like crazy when the six boxes are all a hot mess. You- If you have a bunch of late payments or even one or an derogatory remark or whatever, and it's all recent. And when I say recent, I'm talking the last two to four years. Okay. I have so many people that say, Oh yeah. You know, I ask, have you had any late payments? And like, and I'm saying any, and they're like, Oh no, no, not at all. And then we start looking at it and they got several late payments. I'm like, if they tell me their score and the score is accurate because they got it from a trusted place, then I know off of the score that you must have late payments or you must have a derogatory remark because your score will not be in the low 600s or 500s if you didn't have any late payments. And then they mentioned, well, you know, it's been over six months since my last late payment. Or, you know, it doesn't matter. It, it still hurts your score. Late payments hurt your score drastically, very bad for the first year completely. Like it's crushing your score it's 35% of your FICO, right? It's a very big deal. After, it makes less of an impact after two full years. And it makes nearly a full recovery after four years, as far as your score goes, like the points. However, lenders can still see it. It's still not sexy. It's not good at all. So you want to remove those. You want to get them updated and more in your favor, by cleared up and labeled paid as agreed. When you're on the phone with these banks lenders and you're really trying to get some momentum and movement, just let them know you'll never be in this situation again. Is there any way possible that they will do a goodwill gesture? Okay, That's what it's called, a goodwill gesture by updating my credit profile to the three credit bureaus as paid as agreed. Okay, I'm going to say this one more time, so write this stuff down, it's very crucial. So when you're speaking to the lenders, the banks that you have the late payments with, you want to ask them for a goodwill gesture, okay? And let them know, I want it updated to the three main credit bureaus, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, and get it updated, this account updated, labeled paid as agreed. It's very crucial that it's worded that way and that you get the green checked like okay box instead of the 30 60 90 120 150 180 mark you know that's no bueno so it's very important to do those things right okay so once your credit profile all the negative stuff is off right the negative things are removed then we are on a hell of a lot better chances of getting some approvals right but there's still three other boxes that we got to consider here and i'm going to talk about two of them that you guys probably aren't thinking about at all and truthfully they are less of an impact. So, you know, we'll cover the main one that I know you guys are thinking about that's going through your head right now. But the first two that I want to talk about are total accounts, right? Total accounts, it's similar to the hard inquiries. It's only 10% of your FICO, very small amount. It is the, it's the second least, you know, factor when you're talking about considering your FICO. But total accounts are still very crucial. It's important, right? They want to see you actually have 21 plus accounts to be in the best circumstances, the best category to be able to have a low risk. And so you want to be completely green in the aspect of having 21 plus accounts. And on top of that, it's twofold. They want to see that you have mixed use of these total accounts. They want to see that you have, you know, the mixed use can be personal credit cards, retail credit cards, student loans, mortgages, auto loans and personal loans. So that's six factors right there, okay? So, and you don't need to have all six. Like I don't have any retail credit cards. I have business retail, but I don't have any personal loans or student loans, okay? But I have all the other three and that's halfway there, right? So it's very crucial to be able to have good standings on those and to have mixed use. If you only have just credit cards, they will start penalizing you in a small factor of that because you don't have enough mixed use. So it's hard for them. They're going to put you at a slightly higher risk. To be able to get the lowest risk in great shape, you want 21 plus accounts and mixed use, okay? Moving on to that, that's only 10% of your FICO, okay? Don't forget. Moving on from that, we're talking credit age, okay? And that makes up 15% of your FICO, 15%, okay? It's Medium type of factor. This is slightly important. It's something that could make a difference, make or break, right? 15% is still a big deal. So, your average credit age what that means is they're taking all of your total accounts, all of them, dividing by that many accounts. So, they add them all up, the age behind it, then divide by that many accounts, and then they see what the average age is, okay? So, if you get a brand new credit card, a brand new account, or any type of account, it's going to indicate that it's a new account. It's going to average out your age, and it's going to lessen it, okay? They actually want to get into the best category. You actually want to be at nine years plus for average credit age, okay? And you might ask yourself, well, how the heck am I supposed to get more age? Like, I can't go back in time to actually be able to get... More accounts, right? How am I supposed to do this? Well, there's a thing called authorized users, and I'm a big fan of authorized users because I've seen the power behind it. I've utilized it myself. I've utilized it for my nephew, 18 years old, and within two months with authorized users, been able to get his FICO score up to over 800, you know, getting applied for several cards. So there's many different moving pieces. I've seen it for hundreds of our students as well. So you guys can take advantage of this stuff also and authorized users actually they affect three out of the six boxes okay your total accounts your average credit age and then this last one that i want to cover in just a moment with which is your utilization so that's what i was talking about just a few moments ago when i said you guys are probably thinking about utilization and i'll cover that in just a moment but just to summarize and finish up on the average credit age 15% of your fico and if you only have a year or under For your average credit age, it's a big smack to the face. It's it's a big hurt on your score. Even up to two years, it's still very like strong red, okay? Once you get up to five years, you're going to get out of the red and get into the yellow. So five to seven years is yellow. Seven to nine is green, which is great. But if you want to get to the best of the best, you want to be at average credit age of nine years plus, okay? So I highly recommend that, and there's many ways that you can do it by adding as old as possible accounts to your credit profile with authorized users. So you can go to family members, friends, somebody that is very old that has very old credit cards, okay? They can have bankruptcies, a bunch of negative things, late payments on all these other accounts, but on this particular card that they're about to add you to, it needs to be perfect. It needs to have no late payments, nothing derogatory, in good shape. Very low balances, if any, just to be able to help you out, right? You don't want yourself to be hurt on this because whatever credit profile that they have on that card, when they add you to it, it's not just going to report to their account every 30 days on the statement closing date, but it's also going to report to yours, okay? And that's good unless they start messing up. They have a high balance, late payments, derogatory remarks, what have you. You want to make sure that it's in good shape, okay? So all they need to be able to do this is your full name, your date of birth, and your social. Anything additional, like a phone number or an address, they can put their information. So therefore, the new card is going to look just like their card, except it's going to have uh, your name on it. It's going to come to their address. They can call it, activate it, and then cut it up and throw it away so you don't ever get access to this card. You can never mess up their credit profile. However, they can definitely mess up yours. If they have anything negative on this credit profile, on this credit card, okay? So just be mindful of that and make sure that you're you're dealing with good people that uh, are going to have low balances and make all their payments, right? The older the accounts, the better, the more they're actually worth as well. So if, if you want to become a seller and make some money from it, reach out to us. We'd love to have you. We've made one guy over twenty one thousand in one month, like some good numbers and takes five minutes to add somebody. so, it's a good impact. It's a great win-win situation to be able to help out the person that, that needs a boost on their credit score. And yeah, you can, you can make some change doing it as well very quickly. So each card holder typically has anywhere from five to 10 authorized user position spots available. And you're usually just leasing them out for two months, which is pretty cool. It covers three out of the six boxes, authorized users. We talked about two, the total accounts, the average credit age, the third one, which is very crucial, which I know you guys have in your mind that, you know, everybody thinks it's the main thing that's crushing you. And it is, it's a very big factor, but it's not the only factor. That's the whole moral of this conversation here today is that it's not the only factor. So we need to look at all the other, you know, the other five boxes Because it's not just one here, okay? The utilization. Utilization is 30% of your FICO. So it's very important, okay? If you have high utilization, and what this looks like is if you are at 50% or above, you're in the red, and it's crushing you. If you're at 75% or above, forget about it, you know? Like 90%, over 100%. I see this on a daily basis. Stay away from those crazy numbers, okay? Stay away from it. If you don't have the funds, do not use it, okay? Yeah, just make, you know, educated decisions on this stuff because it is very, very crucial, okay? If you don't have the money in the bank account to pay it off, don't utilize it. There's many different pieces when it comes down to your credit profile and really want to make sure that you're not getting hurt within this stuff. So just be mindful of, you know, these moving pieces right here. Okay, so when it comes down to... Your utilization, right? So when we're talking about your utilization, it's it's very crucial. It's 30% of your flight go. You want to make sure that you want to stay under the 50% mark. So so 30 to 49%, it's you're in the yellow. So ideally, everybody talks about 30%. You want to make sure that you're below the 30%. You're at 29% or below. Ideally, we want to be at 9% or below, or you know the best category is going to be 9% or below the lower, the better. So one to 3% has a special little algorithm behind it. Uh, A little tip for you guys. When I was 18, as I use my credit card, I would almost use it as a debit card, right? So when I utilize the credit card, I would transfer the money from my bank account to the credit card right away. Okay. So I'm constantly just taking advantage of the points and I'm paying it off. If I have the money in, in my, my checking account, I would just pay it off right away. Okay. And you guys, I I did it every single night, like an addiction, you know, like every single night at the end of the day, whatever I spent, I would just transfer it over and pay it. Okay. And you guys can do the same thing. I highly recommend it, honestly, because it it starts building a good routine and you start seeing your bank account get lower and lower. And that scares you. You realize, Hey, I don't have the money today. I'm not going to go out tomorrow and spend the credit card. Um, And you're only going to spend what you have. Right. So it's good, good routines, good system to actually start putting in place there's some really good information in this and it can be super life-changing for a lot of people if you truly take action on it and uh, and start making awareness of your situation and once you're aware once you're educated then there's no excuses then it's just discipline of taking the right actions each and every day in the right direction to be able to have that financial literacy and to set yourself up for more success in the future which is my goal for you guys. And it's very exciting to see, you know, what you can come from to where you're at today or in the near future, which will be very awesome. It's awesome to walk into a situation knowing that credit score was jacked up, totally fixed it. And we've done it with hundreds of our clients at this point. But then afterwards, walking in with true confidence, knowing, hey, when I apply for this, I'm going to get a 90% success rate. Like knowing I'm damn near guaranteed to get this card approved because everything else is good, you know, and, and being aware of it, just like an underwriter would, you're doing your own underwriting before you actually apply. So, you know, walking into it with confidence, I'm going to get this card. I'm probably going to get 15 to 25,000 or more in credit lines. And that's a great feeling to walk into, and it, it gives you more options, it gives you more opportunity, it just sets you up for more success. So I'm just super excited that you guys will take action on this stuff, and everybody that has joined Credit Council Elite, our little credit mafia, to be able to learn, to be able to do the same things, and the lives that are being changed within their families, which has been awesome. We we got one student uh, local here that literally huge transformation and within the last couple of years, you know, manufacturers spent it, first off, fixed his own credit, wiped out a ton of debt, showed family members do the same, got all of them up to the 800 FICO scores for sister, dad, himself, did a mass apply 90% success rate with getting over, you know, getting six figures of funding for himself, for his sister, for his dad, each individually, like not in total, but each individually, which is awesome. And then manufacturer spending, the techniques that we teach on that, each one of them making $4,000 to $6,500 in profit each and every month individually, you know, it's life changing. And then now the father is getting is locked up in escrow on their first property here in sunny San Diego, California, which never in a million years would have thought or positioned themselves to be able to do so just from lack of education and, and confidence in their direction. And now it's just life changing, which is awesome. And just super excited and blessed to be able to pour in to a community like that, that, that recognizes the opportunity and more importantly, takes action, invests in themselves, but takes action to be able to receive and to reap the benefits, the rewards. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, like I said, authorized users, it makes up 55% of your FICO. It makes up three out of the six boxes. That's huge. So first and foremost, we want to clean up all the negative things, the late payments, the derogatory remarks, any hard inquiries. Next, after it's cleaned, then you can do so within 30 days, you know, usually at the max with certain things. It can take longer in some cases, you know, results may vary, you know, caution. But, you know, you can see results very quickly as well. Depends on your situation. Depends on the credit profile. After it's all fixed, Then you add the authorized users. Once you're added onto that account, they will update within 29 days or less because every 30 days you have a a credit profile that has a statement closing date. Whenever that statement closing date is, that's when it reports, right? Whenever it hits, that's where reports of three bureaus. So if one just reported today and you just got added today, sometimes it takes a day or so to actually uh, add you into it. So you might be on that next month's round in another 30 days. But yeah, af- after your credit profile is cleaned, you're going to be roughly around the 700 range FICO score. After you add the authorized users, it's won't be any surprise that you're right around the 800 range FICO score, give or take. And then after that, you can do a mass apply and In the right order, in the right techniques, with the right strategy, and the right like all these right things, it's it's really science behind it. There's ten steps plus to really be able to get the ninety percent success rate, but it's so possible. And in doing so, you'll be able to get six figures of funding or more, you know, very quickly. And you can do it every six months, which is the awesome part. Many of which will give you some awesome bonuses, you know, at least five thousand to ten thousand dollars in bonuses, which is awesome. And And also many of which will give 0% interest or balance transfers of, you know, 0% interest for 12 to 18, 24 months in some cases, some really crazy stuff, but nevertheless, don't want to get you guys too hyped up on that. Just the opportunities are there, but once it is fixed, authorized users on there, you're at 800 FICO score, then there's more algorithms that it comes down to before applying. So you want to make sure that... Your bank relationships, the bank relationships, I can't stress it enough. I cannot stress it enough. Not enough people acknowledge this or realize it. If you don't have a, if you're trying to apply for a Bank of America, for example, I'm not a huge fan of them, but just example, everybody knows the name, right? If you're trying to apply for a Bank of America credit card and they, and you don't have a bank account with them, right? It makes it very difficult. Even if you're at the 800 FICO score, they might deny you just for the simple fact that they don't have a relationship with you. They don't have a and a bank account. So, and they might even tell you like, hey, you need to open up a bank account with us for us to actually lend to you to be able to give you a credit card. Right. And you can always hit hit up the reconsideration line, the worst case scenario. And I'll, I'll chat about that. So just be mindful. The name of the game is to open up as many bank accounts as possible. Small local credit unions are great Obviously the big banks are great as well, but you know, and big banks as far as like Chase, Bank of America, City, Wells Fargo, Discover, Capital One, all these different banks are, are the big ones. All bank accounts, all banks in general, it's important to start building a relationship, even if you keep a little bit of money in them in the beginning because you're not fully utilizing them. But then when you decide to actually start taking advantage of their good products, services, whatever, if they have something new, promotion deals that they got going on, and start, you know, moving money into those accounts heavily for the next three to six months and then go to apply and you will get whatever you want for the most part. Okay. And they're going to look back and they're going to say like, Hey, this person's been with us for five, 10 years, whenever they opened it. And they're just going to see the last couple months of the strong transaction history, which is great. It's more than enough. So if You're not utilizing this bank account at the moment. That's okay. Keep just a little bit of money. Keep it active. Take advantage of the bonus sign-up points. You can Google opening up checking account bonuses. And each and every year, the last two years, I've been able to get $5,000 in bonuses by opening up bank accounts. Very simple. Nothing crazy, right? Like anybody can do this. Just $5,000 in bonuses for opening up bank accounts. So you guys can do the same thing. But nevertheless, my last tip on this is If you want to make sure that you can get even better results after credit profiles in good shape, all six boxes are doing great. You open up the bank account. If you're about to apply, keep more than a hundred bucks in there, right? Keep as if you can try to pour in as much money as possible, or if you can do like $10,000 or above, that's awesome. It's not the bee's knees. It's not 100% needed. I do recommend at least a thousand to 1500. If you can try to gather up some money somewhere If you're above that and you can get up to like 50 to 100 grand, cool. The more, the better is like the common theme I'm trying to pour into it right here. The more, the better, the older the relationship, the better with these banks. And it it makes it almost nearly impossible for them to deny you. If you have a very old account with them and you have a ton of money with them, they'll give you some good funding and you'll be in good shape. So just keep those things in mind. If you ever do get denied, do not give up. That's the name of the game. You want to hit the reconsideration line. You can Google it. You can call in, whatever, ask to speak to a manager, ask for them to reconsider your application, and you can call as many times as you like within usually about a 30-day to 90-day window with that same application. Just keep on drill in them. You can do 20, 30 times until they finally just say, hey, enough is enough. Just take the new account. Okay. But many of my clients with the right techniques, the right education behind it, you can get your accounts overturned and in your favor very quickly. So that's enough of today. Really just want to wrap it up right now and excited and just super thankful for you guys to be able to tune in, listen to this stuff, take action on it, write it down, There's a lot of great content in here and credit, man, there's just so much power within it as long as you take action on it and and you're educated first. If you want to get more educated, then reach out to us at creditcouncilelite.com. Otherwise, you can always, if you need credit repair done for you services, then reach out to us at creditrepairmobile.com. If you just want to connect with me or follow us, see what we got going on on Instagram, Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, you can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott investor. And I uh, would love to connect with each and every one of you guys really thankful and just blessed overall in, in many different areas. Our real estate projects are going great. And if you're looking to be, you know, partner up with us on anything, reach out as well. We'd love to have you guys and, um, and talk about real estate. Uh, very passionate about it as well as credit as you can tell. And as always hit that subscribe button for ready, set, go real estate investing podcast. So you get the newest notification every single Monday uh, where we, you know, really thrive to be able to deliver the best content for you guys and leave a review. Let us know what you guys think about it. So we can get you even better content and push out the algorithms to each and every person to be able to make a bigger impact in this world on credit, financial literacy and real estate. And yeah, if you guys have any questions, by any means, reach out. Okay, that's what we're here for. And just super grateful for each and every one of you guys. But till next time, we will see you next Monday. Till then, God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliotInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining.